we'll learn something together today. I see you have the uh, copies here, so you'll be able to follow a little bit. What I'd like to do is to learn something, but not only to learn a particular Indian or a specific Sikha or a specific topic, but I'd like to share with you something a bit more generic. <clears throat> Yesaidi, a bit more fundamental that could help you emit Hashem while learning another Sikha. And so, before we actually learn the Sikha together, I want to give you a little bit of a of an introduction of a Hagdoma. By the way, we'll also pause from time to time. Feel free to ask any questions. And we could also take uh, questions at the end. But uh, I'll make sure to pause Mizman Lezman if you, <coughs> if you want to ask anything or if you want to say anything. As you know, Likute <coughs> Siches is unique in the sense that the Rebbe was Magia every Sikha. This is a Vadai, this is for sure. If the Rebbe was Magia, every single word and every single dot and every single detail in the Sikha is Meduyak, is precise. It's the Rebbe's words. <clears throat> when learning a Sikha, like learning anything, or like learning Gemara, you have Gemara le'iyuna, you have Gemara le'girsa. And there is value in both. <clears throat> and in fact, one brings to the other. Today we are going to focus on one element of learning a sikha be'iyun. But I want to make clear before we begin, that this does not take away the value of learning a sikha le'girsa at any level. There is no one way to learn a sikha. You can learn a sikha le girsa, you can learn a sikha be'iyun. It also depends on the misgeres, on the time that you have, on the level. And as you grow, Hashem, from level to level, you'll be able to learn a sikha more be'iyun, more be'iyun, and more be'iyun. So even though we are going to discover today, hopefully, a certain depth, a certain way to learn a Gemara Be'iyun, that doesn't mean that this is the only way and that this is, you know, the way to learn a Sikha. There is value to learn a Sikha even <clears throat> without necessarily learning it Be'iyun, depending on the level, depending on the time that you have. But, <clears throat> what I want to share with you is, what does it mean? What does it mean to learn a Sikha Be'iyun? And also the importance of it, because when the Rebbe was Magia the Sikha, and the Rebbe wrote certain things, which Behashkafa Rishena at first glance, you don't necessarily, necessarily see them, you could say the Rebbe counts on you, the Rebbe Yisoymech counts on you that we will eventually learn the Sikha a bit more in depth so we can see 
the kavana of the Rebbe, the, the additional information in the Sikha that may not be there if you're learning at Legirza. Learning a Sikha Be'iyun has many elements, and we're not going to speak about all of them today. I just want to give you an example. The, the Mikum, for example, the location of the He'ara, of the number, is Meduyek. He'ara 9. He'ara 9 shows up at a particular paragraph, or in the middle of a paragraph, or in the middle of a line. And it's Meduyek. If it's there, it's because it meant, it's meant to be there. Now, most of the times, you'll tell me, well, obviously it's, it's the Tzion for this particular, it's the Mokel for this particular. Yes, most of the time, it's there, it's meant to be there, and it's uh, straightforward. Sometimes, however, you see, if you pay attention, that the Mikum is out of place. Why is it there? And then you read again and again and again, and you realize that by putting the Mikum there, the Rebbe was actually hinting to something. The very location of the footnote is meant to send a message, is meant to say something. Another example. The order of the Tziyunim in the He'ares. The Rebbe is metzayin to something. And there is an order in Tziyunim. There is also a style of Tziyunim. A typical one, the Rebbe will be metzayin the Gemara, the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch. That's straightforward again. And most Tziyunim you could say, you could can understand them simply. Sometimes the Rebbe would... The order would be <clears throat> not the logical order that you would write them. Or sometimes the Rebbe would say on a particular Indian which is in the Yerushalmi, he would add Eira Teira to the Tzemar Tzedek. And you ask to yourself that the Eira Teira is quoting the Yerushalmi. What does it add? Right? Or the Rebbe would put the Oratera before the Yerushalmi. So, but if the Mokir is the Yerushalmi, why do you, first of all, why you bring the Oratera? Why in that particular order? And so, that's an example of, a, of another element of paying attention to certain details, which, when you are aware of it, you know that there is something there that might, uh, you know, the half deal, just to illustrate. There are all types of cars, right? All you go with time, you see cars driving, you don't know the difference between this type and that type. But if, you know, you begin to realize, let's say you, <coughs> your father buys a car, a new car, and you say, oh, this car, that car, you begin, and he starts to, you, all of a sudden, you know about this car, then you go in the, in the on with time, and you, and you'd see that car everywhere. Before that, you say, I never saw that car. And now I see it everywhere. Makara, what happened? Before, you were not even conscious that this existed, Bichlal. So you were looking at cars, but you were not necessarily seeing the difference. Once you became aware that there is such a car with all the details, with all the hagdores of the, 
Then, as soon as you, oh, it, it stands out. You, you, at least you're aware of it. You're conscious of it. <laughs> if you're not aware that there is such a concept, so you may not realize it, you may not notice it, you may not be sensitive that there might be such a thing in the Sikhan that is hinted through the precision of either the words, of the way it was said, of the location of the Hi'ara, and so on and so forth. But once you... Once you're here, and now it's a good time, you're young, you're growing, Mitzvah the day will come, be able to learn a sicha a bit more in depth, you say, oh, you know what? Once heard that this might be precise, let's see, and, and it might stand out, and be able to see a depth in the, in the kavana of the Rebbe, in the sicha that otherwise, one would not necessarily see. Another example, and the Rebbe uses sometimes, if you notice, right? Look up there, look up there, look up there. And then sometimes, in there. The difference? in it's not not just look up. Zayin. There is a kavana. In other words, the Rebbe is telling you, look, ich bin mavir here, over here, something, das me'ayen zayn, in order to understand what I'm trying to, what's, my, what's the kavana of the reference, and so on and so forth. Today we are going to focus on brackets in Likute Sichus. There are brackets in Likute Sichus. Like in any Sfarim, but obviously being Muga by the Rebbe, there is a, and how we know how the Rebbe was so meduyak in every single thing in life and certainly in writing, it's precise. If there are certain words in a bracket, there is a reason. Now, by the way, when I say brackets, let me, let me clarify something, just the basics. <clears throat> they are Chatzai and they are Chatzoi Eagle. And they're different. And the difference is simple. It's also the way when you write, you know, in Klaleha Aricha, able to tell right away the difference in the context of the Sicha between a Chatzoi Eagle. Well, something, you know, sometimes you saw it's like square brackets, Chatzoi Ribua, and sometimes it's like Chatzoi Eagle. What's the difference? <clears throat> and that's true for every Sefer, certainly here in Likute Sichas. Chatzai Ribua are like, uh, you know, a Haggah in Tanya or a Toysus in the Gemara. I once heard that, you know, it was Yotzet of Reb Yel, I once heard either from him or in his name, he was saying, he was saying, he was saying about a minor, but this is true about a sicha, that he said, why is it, for someone who, who is not used to, to learn a sicha of the Rebbe or a minor, it's not in depth and it's not that easy. He said, why is it, 
ch- challenging. It's because normally in a Gemara, uh, you open a Daf Gemara, you have the Gemara in the middle. It's almost Suda, Lefierech, right? It's almost Suda, you have the Gemara. Then you have Rashi. Then you have the Toysvis. Then if you, if you go in the back of the Gemara, you have the Marsha, you have the, the Maram Shif, you have the Maharam, it's Masudar, it's, you know. Then you have a Kevitz Mefarshim, and it, he said, again, I heard it, B'Shem Rabiel, and whether it was him or somebody else, but the Indian is true, Likshile Atzme. He said, in a Sicha, or in a Maima, it's all written, it's in one daf, it's the same font, but there, there is the Gemara, there is the Taisus, and there is the Maharsha. It's all there. You just need to know where is the Gemara, where is the Taisus, where is the Maharsha. Which is why if you've, um, maybe with your Magid Shir, or with, with other teachers, but certainly when Rabbi El Khan was teaching Asichon, he would take it apart. He wouldn't just go straight, you know, from Asif Aleph, Beis, Gimel, footnote 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. He would take it apart completely. He would start Saif Aleph, well, usually in order of the Saifim. But then he would skip a certain Keta. He would go back to it. And then he would do He'ara 24, then He'ara 12, and then He'ara 36, and then back to number 5. Why doesn't it go in order, in the order of the Sikha? Well, he obviously knew, being that he was in the background, he knew where is the Gemara of the Sikha. Where is the Taisvis? The Taisvis, you don't necessarily need to read it now. You can't read a Gemara with, with the Taisvis. You, you have to digest the Gemara, understand. Then you can learn without the Taisvis. You can learn with the Taisvis. Then he said, sometime there, inside, there is the Maharsha. In the Maima or in the Sicha. You need to know where 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 is what and, and to learn it this way. So a Khatsai Ribua usually it's like a Toisfus. It's like a Nekuda on its own, which is d- more directly relevant to the to the to the Sicha itself than a footnote. If it was at the level of the footnote, which means that this is a footnote. This is indirectly connected, if you want. It would belong in a footnote. Why is it in the Pnim? It's in the Pnim because it's, it's directly connected, but not as much as the flow of the rest of the Sikha. It's like a Toisves. It's come to be Mavhir and Nekuda. You can read through the Seif without that Chatzah Eribua. And you'll understand. But then you'll go back and you'll read the Chatzah Eribua after that on its own. You see, ah... Here's the Taisus who comes to answer this particular question that I could have, or to add a particular Nekuda, which is obviously Negea to the, to, to, the, to the very Pnim of the Sicha, but a Taisus, a Marsha, it's a Chatzai Ribua. Today we're not necessarily going to speak about the Chatzai Ribua, but the Chatzai Eagle. Chatzai Eagle. When the Rebbe puts things in brackets, it's for a reason. It's not just random. Certain words in brackets, certain words out of the brackets. It's obviously a reason. And most of the time, you could clearly see the reason. 
And in fact, there isn't always one way. It depends on the context. Sometimes a, a bracket would be just technical, like a translation of a word or a mashma'ut of a word. Rabbi would say a word in the, in the, in the, in the, in the keta of the, of the sikhan. And then you need to translate that word. You need to be mavhir what the pirush of that word. It would come in a bracket. There are other reasons why certain words in Klaleha Aricha would come in a bracket. And you have to see the context, obviously, of the, of the paragraph to know why these words are in a bracket. And there is no big toilet about that. I'm speaking just simply, simply put, when you learn Asicha, some words belong. It's a Klaleha Aricha to be in the particular in, in the actual kata, the flow of the of the phrase of the sentence, some words just technically miteva hadvarim belongs to be mitzad klaleha arichan. That's how you're right. Belongs to be in a in a bracket. However, there is one type of bracket which there is a particular reason it's there. And it's not just technical, but it's relevant, it's related, it's hinting to the Teichna Inyan, the understanding of the Nekuda that is conveyed in that particular Sikh, in that particular Keta. It's not Techni, but it's Inyani. What do I mean by that? You will notice that sometimes that you read the sentence in the Sikha and then there is a word, a few words in brackets which is Nagea to the Pshat which belongs to the sentence but you can read the sentence without the bracket. You can read it without. And I would call it, it will have one niggin. It's one song, meaning it, it will singen one way. It will have one niggin. And then you say, okay, Let's read again that same sentence back with the bracket. And here, it will sound differently. Not completely differently because we're speaking about the same sentence. Most of the words are there. But there is a twist. The nigan changes a little bit. When I say the nigan is obviously not the... <laughs> the <laughs> the music, the melody, I mean the Negan Biswara in Seicho. It has a different time, it has a different Negan, it has a different logic to it. And then you ask yourself, what's going on? Why is it in a bracket? Why is it that when I read it without, it sounds one way? I read it with 
it sounds a different way. And here's the thing. And this is the approach, what I, <clears throat> what I was telling you before, a certain method, a certain way of learning Be'iyun, which when you are aware of it, you'll be able to notice this. The Rebbe doing this is trying, playing with the words to tell us that there is indeed two ways to understand. There is in fact here two mahalach in the Sikha. And both are true. Elu elu divrei Eloikim Chaim. There is one way and there is a different way. And instead of the Rebbe writing a whole other new keta and telling you, okay, yes, neofanim, you can learn one way, you can learn two ways. The Rebbe is playing with the words chokma umelacha by putting certain words in a bracket is using the same words to say two things. And he's hoping you'll notice to if I put you words in bracket, it means that they don't necessarily, it's not mukhach to the sentence. You can read it without. And here, when you read it without, it has one chat. And then, if I put you words in bracket, must be that there is another kavana. So read again. You read again, and you see it has a different chat. That means that the rabbi holds that you could say it in two ways. So today we are going, and this is the, the copies that you have, we are going to give two examples to this very concept, to this very method. But before we give the example, I just want to conclude with one final note. And that is, that once you realize that there are two nigunim, right, that there are two ways, then you need to ask yourself, what's the yesoid? What's the difference? What's the svara? Where in the sikha can I find maybe that the Rebbe would help me understand that, that the Rebbe would address these two ways. The Rebbe is obviously writing the sikha for us, not for Nevim. So maybe there is something else in the sikha, some other information somewhere that could help me understand why but the Rebbe was, was a, he slapped us was not a suffix, but was room for saying to Svares, for saying, the, what does it depend on? And then you will see that they will enrich the Sikha. All of a sudden, you discover a new depth in the Sikha that without knowing or being aware of this, you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily uh, uh, touch upon. So, <clears throat> if I'm, you ask for an example, we're going to give two examples. Let's, uh, let's take a look. The first Sikha, page one of the copies, page 78 in the Sikha, I'm going to give you, first of all, a little bit of background. Where is the Sikha? What is it talking about? And I'm going to read a few times. Now, Obviously, we are jumping in the middle of a sikha. 
obviously we don't have the time to learn the entire Sikha because the purpose is to give an example and in fact two examples. So we're going to do this for the two Sikhas. So even if you're not going to get, it's going to go a little bit fast, you're not going to get every detail of the subject, don't worry, you have the Marimakim, you'll be able to go back, eventually you learn that Sikha. The purpose is not to learn the entire Sikha, but it's to learn, it's to give enough information so you can at least understand and see the, uh, the, uh, the concept that we discussed with regards to the brackets. This Sikha is in Likute Sikhas Chalek Lamed Vav, Sikha of Beshalach Gimel, and the topic is Lechem Mishneh. What is Lechem Mishneh? Why do we do Lechem Mishneh? It's, it's based on a Rambam, there are two Halachas in Rambam, there are two Sugis in Shas, you're learning Masach Shabbos, it's a bit later, maybe you, maybe you learned that Sugya, there is a, a, a Sugya in Baruches, a Sugya in Shabbos, that's the whole Sikha, it's about Lechem Mishneh. Lechem Mishneh, what is it? So the Rebbe says, there are two ways to understand the gather, the definition of the mitzvah. And from those two ways, there is a nafkamina, several nafkaminas, several ramifications, differences that evolves from the two ways in the chakira, in the understanding of the mitzvah of Lechem Mishneh. The time that we're going to do is the actual chakira, the two ways. I'm going to read it through and explain. And then we're going to see an afkamina that the Rebbe says that evolves from the two ways of Lechem Mishneh. Well, let's read. Dehine. Chiyuze of Lechem Mishneh Yesh levayel bishnei yifani. Aleph, hudin b'seudah shabbos. The gedar seudah u'al yedek kviyosa al pas. Kivan sheseudah shabbos yseudah chashuva, lochein chayovim ligbeya eisa alechem mishne. Base. I'll soon translate and explain. Beis. Chiyuv lechem mishne hudin bebetziyas hapas. De mihilches ptziyas hapas shetzorich levarch velivtziyah shleima. Ela shebeshabes niteisev begeder shleima deliyese yem choshuv yishleima boi lechem mishne. Velochein the Rebbe says, there are two ways to understand the mitzvah. And I'll begin in the order with the base, with the second oifen in the sicha. <clears throat> it's a din in betziyah sapas. What does it mean? Lechem mishneh Essentially, it's not a mitzvah that was created just and for Shabbos. It's a mitzvah that what already was existed in some form during the week. Except that on Shabbos, that mitzvah is upgraded 
and it becomes in the form of Lechem Mishneh. Which mitzvah? Betziah Sapas. Mazeh. Well, every single day, there is a concept, there is a mitzvah, that when you make a bracha on bread, ideally, you should make the bracha on a full bread. A complete bread. A complete loaf of bread. <clears throat> and why? Because this is covered abracha. I'm going to say abracha to the Eibishter. Is mitzah the bracha, baruch ata Hashem, it's matim, it's more matim to say the bracha on something full and complete, which is more chashuv, rather than a little piece of bread. So if you have the choice and in front of you, you have a piece of bread, and then you have a full, complete loaf of bread, shleima, then... The mitzvah is during the week. You make the bracha shleimah. Mitzah the bracha. Mitzah kaved the bracha. That's the din of Mitzvah Sapas. That din, that mitzvah applies on Shabbos, but on Shabbos it's been upgraded. And this is how you get to Lechem Mishneh. Chachamim said, you know, Shabbos is a chashuva day. Today, what was considered shlema during the week, it's not enough choshuv for Shabbos. Mitzah, the status of Shabbos. And therefore today, for the Kavet Abracha, we need an even more shlema. A bigger shlema. How do you make a bigger shlema? So Chachamim said, you know, we're not going to start with size. Say to somebody, this is, uh, for the week, it's enough. This size, uh, right? Meaning that this depends on, this becomes very subjective to people's mind and to people's ways. And so Chachamim said, a takana that will work for everybody, that is clear cut, that is black and white. They say like this, a regular shlema, it's one bread. One full, complete bread. A bigger shlema, it's two shlemas. Two shlemas, it's considered a bigger shlema. And therefore on Shabbos, you need to make the bracha on a shlema, just like the week. But today, to be considered a shlema, because the day is more chashuv, a shlema has to be bigger. So two. Just to illustrate that. Now you have... <clears throat> Let's say uh, a suit. A suit. A nice suit. And during the week, you wear that suit. And then your brother, your sister, your uncle, your cousin have a chasana. Chasana. And you say, you know what? I'm going to put a, another suit for the chasana. And I ask you why. That suit was good enough. The suit was good enough for a regular day. Why is this suit not good enough for the wedding? Ah, for the wedding. For the wedding, being of the moment of the status of the wedding, you need a bigger, you need a, a, a that suit wasn't considered enough of a, of a suit for the moment. Or between Choyl, between Shabbos, right? Big, big the Shabbos, all of a sudden, mitzah the day, 
a beged that was considered chashu for a Wednesday in Shvat is not anymore chashu for Shabbos. For Shabbos, you need to upgrade. So too, le'inyoneinu. What was considered shlema and chashuv for the day, for the regular day, it's not anymore chash, it's not enough chashuv for Shabbos, it's not enough shlema for Shabbos. How do you make it more shlema? Two shlemas. That's one way to understand Lechem Mishnah. The second way, says the Rebbe, it's a din in Seuda Shabbos. Meaning, forget now, Lecha Mishneh belongs to a mitzvah that is related just and only to Shabbos, which is on Shabbos you have a mitzvah to have a Suda. Now, not just a Suda, because it's Shabbos, you need to have a Suda Chashuva. How do you do this? So Chachamim said, okay, here's here. Here's the story. What is a seuda? A seuda is bread. On pitoira, seuda is lechem. How do you make a seuda chashuva? So someone will tell you, well, you bring meat, fish. No, meat and fish, alpihalacha, it's snacks. It's not seuda. Seuda is bread. So to make a seuda chashuva, it needs to be that your bread is choshu. How do you make it choshu? Let me say like this. A regular suda, it's one bread. You want to upgrade the suda, make the suda more choshu? Two bread. These are the two dinim in Lecha Mishneh. Now says the Rebbe, let's continue. V'yashlema nafkamina bepashtus ben shnei we could find an afkamina between the two ways. An afkamina is the following. Imudin Nafkamina is the following. If it's a dinim pass, so the two lechomim, the two chales, needs to be present only during the time of the bracha. Because that's the whole purpose, is that the bracha should be recited on a bigger shlema, which is two. After you do the bracha, you could take one of them, put a bat in the closet. It doesn't have to be on the table. And you don't even have to eat from the second challah. Nothing to do with eating. It has to do with the time when you make the bracha. But if it's a din in Seudah Shabbos, that means... That you want to make your seuda chashuva. What's a seuda? Seuda is when you're eating bread. How do you make a seuda that is chashuva? Says the Rebbe. Well, when you're eating two bread. When you're eating from the two chalas. If you're going to eat only from one and the other one you're going to put it back in the closet. 
then your seuda remain a seuda that is related, connected just to one chala. How do you make your seuda connected to the two chalas? So for the seuda to be considered chashuva, you must eat from both. Just like a seuda, a normal seuda, right? Non-chashuva. How do you make a seuda a seuda? Not by looking at the bread in the closet. To make it seuda, you must eat from the bread. So how do you make a seuda chashuva? Because chashuva, we said it's two bread, you must eat from both of them. But if you noticed, there are two words in the bracket here. Minamufa. Now let me first explain what does minamufa mean. Mitzvah means it's a chiyuv. It's an obligation. You're required. You have to. Right? Mitzvah le'aniach tefillin. It's not uh, you have the option. It would be nice if you put on tefillin. No. Mitzvah to put on tefillin. Mina Mufra means that the mitzvah will be done better, it's like a hiddle if you want, if you add this particular detail in the mitzvah. But if you don't, it's okay. Meaning you did the mitzvah. Mina Mufra means you're not required to do it, but it'd be, it'd be nice. It will complete the mitzvah, it'll be even a better mitzvah if you do it. So now, do you see the difference if you read this particular sentence, starting from Masha Einkein until Mishnehem? Do you see the difference if you read it with the bracket or without the bracket? Okay, let's, let's hear from one of you. Very good. And it would mean that the, that the song of the Nafkamina would be different. Both ways would still be an Afkamina. But you'll have to understand and sing the Afkamina differently. If we, as you said, Maishi, if you read it without the bracket, the Afkamina is very clear and black and white. It's like this. Betsiyah Sapas, you don't have to eat from the second Chama. But if it's Seuda Shabbos, you have to. Clear. Now, if you read again with the bracket, the nafkamina changes. If it's a dinabetsiasapas, not only that you don't have to eat the second challah, but there isn't even a minamufra to read, to eat the second challah, because it has nothing to do with eating, it has to do with the bracha. You can't even say, oh, I don't have to, Betsiyah I don't have to, but you know what, Mina Mufa will still be nice. No, it's not nice, it is nothing, nothing. But if it's Adinim Suda Shabbos, true, you don't have to eat from the second, no of Mamesh, but still, you be Mina Mufa, it'd be better if you eat. Now, do you see that this is two second, two, sorry, two, two, two different svares, two different ways? So, first of all, even if you stop here already, you have already enriched your learning in the Sicha. You've already noticed that the Rebbe is learning in two ways. Not just, um, you know, Mina Mufra. No, if it's in the bracket, if it was only Mina Mufra, then it wouldn't be in the bracket. It would be part of it, if that was the only way. But no. 
If it's in the bracket, that means there is another way, without. So already you know that there is two ways to understand. But then obviously, is the next step, which is you're asking yourself, what does it depend on? Why don't I put that in the bracket? In fact, I would ask you the question even further than that. Apparently, it doesn't make sense, this bracket. Because apparently, based on the two ways, it should be without the bracket. And I don't understand how the Minamufa comes in here. Because if it's Betsiasapas, you don't have to. If it's Seuda, you have to. We explained that that's what a Seuda is, when you eat bread. So what is a Seuda Chashuva? When you eat from two bread. What's this second way? You see the Rebbe is mislabet. He's like, you know what? You can learn another way. That No, that you don't have to. What do you mean you don't have to? If you don't have to, how does your Seuda is Chashuva? Just Minamufra? I understand the Minamufra, but well, you don't have to. If you don't have to, you Mekayim Seuda Chashuva? You eat only from one bread. How is your seuda now connected to the two breads? So here, once you've been aware and you know that there are two ways like that, you continue the sicha, and at one point, the Rebbe says something, and you, ah, this is what's going on, right? You start to make the connection. And you say, well, the Rebbe is actually somewhere in the Sikha giving me the tools, the information, so I can understand what was going on earlier in this Minamufa bracket. And that is when you read and learn Heara 29. Heara 29. Rebbe is be- <coughs> saying something there. That is based on the Gemara in Shabbos, which um, I didn't circle it, but you know what? Let's take a look at it. It's at the beginning of Seif Dalet, the second paragraph. Mekoir din lechem Mishneh, okay? Let's take a look. The Gemara says in Shabbos, Omar Ebaba, be Shabbos, chayavadam yivtzei al shteki kores. Dichtiv lechem Mishneh. Shabbos, you have to do Lechem Mishneh because Pasuk in Mon says the word Lechem Mishneh. We learn somehow, Smachta, that uh, we have to do Lechem Mishneh. Omar Rabbi Yashi, Chazin, Ole Lerav Kahana, Denok Atarte Ubatzachada. Omar Lok Tuksiv. Rav Kahana was holding, during the bracha, was holding the two, Chalas, and he ate only from one. That was his Anhaga on Shabbos for Lechem Mishnah. But Rabzeira would do something else. What is the Pshat Akula Shiruseh? Zog the Rashba, that it means he was eating from both Chalas. Says the Rabbi in Ara 29, Ah! Oh, the two ways that I was telling you earlier, if Lechem Mishnah is Adin in Betziah Sapas, or if it's Adin in Suda Shabbos, it's a Machleke Samirayim. So that's what the Rebbe says. In the 29, 
תקלוק. על פי מה שכוסף הרשב"א ואוהד, שרב זירא היה ביצע על כל הכיכרס versus רב כהנא. That was only ביצע on one of the two. איז לכאורה יש לימר על פי הנ"ל, סעיף ג' שזהו החילוק בין רב כהנא דנוקא תרתי ובוצר חנא כי סבירה לי דאבד דין בביציע ספס. רב זרה הוא אונלי אייט פום וואן, הוא הולדס בפשטוס, ורב זרה דבוצר על בייסקי קורס, ורב זרה דבוס בציון בוף לחומים כי סבירה לי דאבד דין בסעודו That's the Chayra, says the Rebbe. That's what I would say. But now the Rebbe continues. Aval, however, Mizeh shehoi siv Rav Kahana. Lok tuk siv, Mistaber, Degam le Rav Kahana, Mikre kviya seuda al shteh. The Rebbe says, Love Davka. I can... Explain your Rav Kahana differently. And what bothers the Rebbe to explain Rav Kahana simply that this is a din in Betsiyas Apas? Because the Rebbe says, look, Rav Kahana is trying to defend himself. He's trying to explain himself, to justify himself. By saying, why do I only eat from one? Because Loktu Ksiv. Loktu, it's Kavyochol Asmachta, that's only holding the two Chalas, but not eating from both. As the Rebbe, I don't understand. Why do you need to bring me a lock to Ksiv if you hold? It's Betsiya Sapas. First of all, it has nothing to do with the Pasuk lock to Ksiv, which, which is written in Lechem Mishneh. Second, you don't need to justify yourself why you're eating from one. Bepashtus, you're eating from one because it's Betsiya Sapas. Well, why should you eat from both? So the fact that you justify yourself You have to explain your Anahaga. It means, says the Rebbe, that Rav Kahana holds Yeshleima, second way. It's also a din in Seuda Shabbos. Except, Rav Kahana had a Svar. Differently than Rav Zeyra. <clears throat> And his Svar, he said, I learned it from the Pasuk Loktu. Meaning, the Pasuk Loktu is helping me to develop this svar, which is like this. Even if I don't eat from both, but, right? the way you establish yourself at the beginning, that's how the whole seuda is considered after. The way I start my seuda with two bread, my seuda is based on two bread. I eat from one, I eat from two, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that the Seuda was established onto, Kvir Seuda onto. And that's enough to make the Seuda Chashuva. Now here you have a second way already. That you could hold Seuda Chashuva and yet you don't have to eat from both. But even according to that, I would say, is it still Mina Mufcha to eat from the second one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Betsiya Sapas, Bechlal Nat. 
What's the connection? But if it's Seuda, I could hear Rav Kahana who says, Kvir Seuda al-Shten is enough. But still I would say, if you eat from the second one, you make it your Seuda more connected to the second one. So you see in Hera 29, the Rebbe has two ways to learn Din Seuda. One way, the first way, Lichura, is like if you hold Sehuda, you have to eat from both. That's the only way how you make your Sehuda Chashuva. The second way in Hera 29 is now, I could see a way where you don't have to eat from both and still your Sehuda will be Chashuva by the fact that you still establish your Sehuda on two. Yet, obviously, everyone would understand that Mina Mufrer, it'd still, be, it'd still be better to eat from the second one. It still belongs there, the Mina Mufrer. Now you understand, based on the Hera 29, the two ways, the two Nigunin, the two Mahalach in the Sicha earlier in Seif Gimel. Why was this Mina Mufrer in the bracket? It's because of Hera 29. It's because of those two ways. Without the bracket, it's mitzvah lechol mishnem. If I hold in seuda, I have to eat from both. That's the first way of Yara 29. But the Rebbe said after, you know what? There's a second way. Rav Kahana, lock to Ksiv. That forces me to say that it's also possible to learn that it's a din in seuda. And yet, not mitzvah mamesh, not chiyuv mamesh lechol mishnem, but still, mina mufcha, it'd be better to eat from both. So it's still an afkamina, because b'tziah sapaz, there is no mina mufcha, so the Shabbos is mina mufcha. Very good question. So, I was asking myself the question as well. So you can learn it differently, in different ways. And another way, which we find this in Shas, it could be that he wanted to teach us this halacha. Purposely, so to teach us that you don't have to. It was, it was a way to teach us the halacha. That was the, the purpose of it. <clears throat> so, and there are, by the way, there are other Gersoyes who are not Goyres in Rav Kahana, the Lok Tuksiv, which, if that's the case, it would mean that he hold its Adin in Betsiya Sapas. There are different ways to learn Rav Kahana. It's a great question, and we can continue to, to think and, and understand Rav Kahana's Anhaga. But the fact is, even if Rav Kahana, for a reason or another, was not Noyheg, the Mina Mufra way, still, we understand that our peace Farah, there is a Mina Mufra, if it's a Din in Sud. So now you see one example how this concept of the bracket can enrich the Sikha and in this case has two Mahalach in the Sikha which depends on two different Svaras on how to learn the Din of Seudo Shabbos. Now, let's go through the second example. This is a Sikha in Parshas Kitaitse. And we're going to go straight because we're a bit limited with time. We're going to go straight to page 198. The last page in your, in your copies. In the circled Keta, Eich Daf Men Fashtein. 
But let me give you a background to this uh, Sikha. Where are we holding in the Sikha? What's going on there? This Keta is a question. It's a question on the Rambam. That comes after a series of questions. What's the topic? Sikha is printed in Likute Sikha's Chalek Yutes. Kiteitze. And the topic is Shiluah Hakein, the mitzvah of Shiluah Hakein. That when you have Eim Albonim, you remove, you send away the Eim, and then Vesabonim Tikachlach. It's a Sikha based on the Siyum Maseches Chulin, which speaks about this mitzvah among other things. What is the Gemara saying in Chulin? B'Shem Rabbi Yankiv. That's Schar Mitzvahs Behai Alma Leika. There is no Schar Mitzvahs Gashmi in this world. The Schar of the Mitzvah is in the next world in Elam Abba. Says Rabbi Yankiv, I state in the Torah, Benegea Kibud Ova Aim, Parshas Vaischanon, Leman Yarichun Yomecha, Leman Yitavlach. It says about Shiluach HaKain in Parshat Kiteitze, later, after Vaischanan, it says again, Leman Yitavlach Vearachta Yamim. Arichus Yamim, Toiva, what is that? It says Rabbi Yankev, this is Leoilam Shekule Toiv, Uleoilam Shekule Arach. In other words, the Arichus Yamim is not Gashmi here in this world. But it refers to brachas that you would receive in Elam Abba. And in fact, Rabbi Yankov says, I can prove you that. And I came to this conclusion because of Maise Chaza. I saw Maise. The Maise was tragic, but that's the Maise. There was a father who sent his son. He says, you know, bring me some birds. So the son went and wanted to pick up the birds. But there was a mitzvah of Shiluah HaKain to do. And he did it. He takes the birds. And off of a mace, he fell from the tree and he died. I mean, he did kibud avayim, he did shiluach hakein, and on both mitzvahs the Torah says he's gonna get arichus yamim, and he passed away. Elamai says Rabbi Yankev, that proves the point that arichus yamim in in Torah bichlal schar mitzvahs is not in this world, but it's in Elam Abba. Now, the Rambam, in the beginning of Hilchas Tshuva, Perek Ches and Perek Tes, remember the Mare Mokem, okay? In Hilchas Tshuva, in Sefer Ayad, the Rambam says like this, HaTeva Atzfuna, meaning the Schar for, for mitzvahs, is in Eilam Abba. Eilam Shekule Teiv, Eilam Shekule Orech, like, and that's what it says, Leman yitavlach ve'arachta yamim. He quotes the pasuk of Shiluach HaKain in Parashat Kiteitze. That when it says, Leman yitavlach ve'arachta yamim, it's Elam Abba. That's the Rambam. Says the Rebbe. You see? As the Kesef Mishneh says, the Rambam Pasken virabi Yankev. Because there are other shittas in Gemara, in Mishnah, that holds that there is schar gashmi be'elam But if the Rambam says there is no schar in be'elam but ne'elam must be a paskan virabi yankev in cholim. So the Rebbe asked the first question, 
Why? Why are you passing like him? He was just a Yochid. There is a Stam Mishnah that disagree with Rabbi Yankov. I don't understand what the Rambam passing with Rabbi Yankov. And then there is a series of questions. And then comes this third, last question on the Rambam. Let's take a look and read the question. Eich daf min Favos bring the Rambam, blois, dem posuk le mani tovlach verarta yomim, vosteid bashiluach haken. Und bringt nit euch, dem posuk le mani arichun yomecho le mani tovlach, vosteid frier in der Teira, bei kibudavaem. Nit, wie die Breisan, meaning Rabbi Yankov, was bringt bei de psukim. So the question is, the Rambam passing like Rabbi Yankiv. Now Rabbi Yankiv in Chulin brought the two psukim. The pasuk of Kibud of Aim in Vais Chanan and the pasuk of Shiluach HaKain in Pasha's Kiteitze. Why is the Rambam bringing the pasuk of uh, Kiteitze? And that the Pasuk of Vaishanan, which is actually earlier in the Torah. That's the question. Now, I'd like you to pay attention. You may have already. I know you're bright boys. And maybe one of you, if you can tell me, you notice there are two words in the brackets. And I refer to Blois and Oich. Obviously, the word Reb Yankev, it's an example of what I was telling you before, that sometimes brackets are just there to be mavir, a particular, or translate a particular word, so it's not inyoni, and it's simply to clarify. Braisa, who is the Braisa? Reb Yankev. Okay? That's an example of a bracket that you don't need the grace appeal pulling to understand why is it in a bracket? It's obviously mitzad tzures ha'arichon. That's how it. That's how it is written. But I refer to the first two brackets, blois and oich. Can one of you tell me the two nigunim in the question? There are two questions here. There are two ways to ask the question. It's two different questions. Very good. Without the bracket, the question is like that. Bring one pasuk, but replace. Instead of bringing the one of Kiteitze, bring the one that is earlier in Vaishana. But with the bracket, the question changes. It's not, not this one, but this one. The question is, bring me not only this one, bring me both. Just like Rabbi Yankov did. He brought both psukim. Bring me both psukim. It's a different question. So even if you stop here again, and you don't go further, you already, you already did one step, which is, you did what the Rebbe wants you to do. And he was hinting it by the bracket. He said, I want you to understand there are two ways to ask the question. And this is two different questions. You can learn one way, you can learn a different way.
That's one step. Obviously, bright boys like you would ask the next question. And that's the next step. What does it depend on? Why is there two ways? And is there any information in the Sikha that can help me understand these two ways? Why is the Rabbi Mislavet here if the question should be bring only one Pasuk, but not this one, that one? Or the Rebbe says, no, let's ask the question differently. Bring two, like Rabbi Yankov. So, I'll share with you two ways to explain it. One, that means, simply put, the pashtus. And the other one, which is a bit more, a bit more, uh, how should I say, mechudad, that you can perhaps say, I'm not 100% sure, to say, tell you, you know, this is the kavan of the Rebbe, but this is Hegeni, this is Mistaber, and this is based on footnote 12. But the first way, let me first explain the first way. The Pashtus, the, the, the reason the Rebbe is asking the questions in two ways, it is because the Rebbe is asking the question in a way of, it's, a, it's two questions that comes one after another, in other words, those two questions are meant to be asked one after another. First question, and if you're going to answer me this question, I have a second question. And that you cannot answer as you answer me the first. Which is the first question? The first question is a pashtus. You're passing like Rabbi Yankov. Why you bring one pasuk and not two like him? That means here you sing it with the bracket. That's the question. Now, somebody will say, I can answer you this question with pastors. Where are you here? Who are you addressing? Who are you asking? The Rambam. The Rambam where? In Sefer Ayad, Sefer Halachas. It's Halachas. It's not Sefer Midrashim. It's not Rabbi Yankev who makes Drashas. It's Rambam who's passing Halacha. And every word in Halacha is a Halacha. And if one Pasuk is enough to make the point, why does he need to bring two Pasukim? Now the Rebbe says, and if you want to tell me that this is the, the reason he doesn't bring two, but one, <laughs> I have a next, my next question ready-made. Ebazoi, replace. Fine, I agree. Bring only one. Rambam, you want to bring one? Bring one. But which one? Bring the first one. Why do you bring the second one in Kitaitza in the order of the Torah you should have chose? That's the two questions. And that's Bepashtus. But you can go a bit further and explain this 
based on a Hera 12. And that is. Which Rambam? Oh, before you even continue the question, the Rambam puts a Hera 12 and he says, take a look. The Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva, Beresh Perek Ches, Beresh Perek Tes, that we were speaking about uh, until now. It was that Rambam that the whole Sicha is based on. We know that Rambam. We we're, were talking about him. But this third question, unlike the first two, that were only in the Rambam Hilchas Tshuva, the Rebbe continues and says, this third question, I want to ask it on another Rambam as well. There are two other Rambam who speaks about this concept of schar mitzvahs and says that schar mitzvahs is be'elam abo and bring a pasuk to make the point. And that is the Rambam in Pirush HaMishnayis in Sanhedrin and the Rambam in Meire Nevuchim. So the Rebbe says, the same question I have on the Rambam, oh, and by the way, and, and not by the way, <laughs> and, I should, and I should clarify, and in Sanhedrin and in Meire Nevuchim, the Rambam again chooses the pos- one pasuk and the pasuk of Parshas Kiteitze. Shiluach So the Rebbe says, this third question, let me apply it, not only to the Rambam that I was speaking until now, in Hilchus Tshuva, but to the other two Rambamim, to the one in Pirush Mishnayas and to the one in Merinevur. There too, I want to ask the Rambam, why you chose only to bring the Pasuk of uh, Parshas Kiteitze, and why you didn't bring the Pasuk of Parshas Vaishchan? But yes, Leima, that the question that arrives will be different is two separate questions to two different Rambams. The Rebbe is addressing two Rambams. He's addressing the Rambam Milchas Tshuva and he's addressing the Rambam in Pirush HaMishnayas in Meri And to the two of them, he's asking a diff- similar question but in a different way. With the bracket or without the bracket? <laughs> to the Ram in Ilchus Tshuva, he's asking the question without the bracket. As we said earlier, for the reason that we said earlier, the Ram in Ilchus Tshuva is a Sefer Halachas. It's not his job there to tell you Droshes of Aksuvim. He's not quoting Rabbi Yankin. Yeah, he may pass like him, but he's not quoting him. But mainly, if to make the point is enough, one pasuk, the Raman would bring only one. Loi mistaber to ask to the Raman Minichos Tshuva, you should bring two. But what is mistaber to ask is, fine, bring one, but why do you bring Kitaitse? Bring the earlier one, bring Vaishan. Then the Rebbe turns to the Rambam in Pirusha Mishnayas and the Rambam in Mere Nevuchim, and there he's asking a different question. With the bracket. What's going on there? First of all, it's not a Sefer Halachas. Pirusha Mishnayis or Meire Nevuchim. 
Second, if you take a look there, and especially in Meri Nevuchim, the Rambam is not paskening something. He's Kavyochol quoting Rabbi Yankov. Om Ramzal, in other words, he says in the name of Rabbi Yaakov, such and such. So the Rebbe says to the Rambam in, in Pirushim Mishas Meri Nevuchim, if you bring Rabbi Yankov, you paraphrase him, you you're basically quoting him, Kav Yochel. So, 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 so say what he said. He brought two psukim. Bring also two psukim. That's a different question. And the Rebbe is hinting that, Yeshlema, again, can't say for sure, but if we would accept this chat, the Rebbe is hinting that by this Eora 12. All of a sudden, there's Eora 12 here. That until now, we knew which Rambam. We were addressing a Rambam. We were addressing the Rambam Minchas Tshuva. What's going on? The Rabbi is adding other Marim here because, yes, this question applies to other Rambamim, but it applies differently, as we said, with the bracket or without the bracket. Well, whether we accept this chat or not, this is already, like I'd say, Mechudel. It's nonetheless clear that there are two ways to learn the question. And Bepashtus... Like we said earlier, that first the Rebbe is asking, you can ask, simply bring two, like Rabbi Yankir, that you pass again. I don't have to bring two, it's enough one. Oh, I'll ask you without the bracket, bring only the Pasuk of Vaishanan Vashtait Friar in the table. That gives you a little bit of an idea, concept. That uh, you know, in Likutesiches, first of all, obviously, everything is precise. But to know what is precise and why is it precise and why is it there may may help you. You know, in Mitzvah as you grow and learn, learn more siches and learn more beiyun, and uh, sometimes you may choose one particular sicha that you really want to go in depth, just to be aware. That there might be something like that. Again, not every bracket is exactly the same way. It depends on the context. But just by being aware of the concept, this may be help, <clears throat> able to help you in uh, understanding the Rebbe's words a bit deeper.